Welcome back, everybody. This is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast, and I'm Nate. And I am Paul, and I want to know more about this, and I'm thanking Nate because he knows more than I do. So I'm doing more listening, but I'm interrupting him every once in a while so that I can please, put my two cents please in. Please do. Um, so... We think one of the things Christians want to know, or at least should want to know, is what's to do with the wise men and that story. So we've been talking about that for the last couple of weeks, and I want to just jump right back in where we were last time. So, Paul, you were saying how the wise men had no reason to come that we can see no earthly reason. You wouldn't expect them to come. Let's put it that way. Absolutely Matthew's not. audience, we're in Matthew chapter two, by the way. Matthew's audience, they read the wise men. They say, boo, these are bad guys. These are villains. And yet they come to worship Jesus. And you were juxtaposing that to people who should have wanted to. So say more about that with the, with the priests and, and everything. You see in the wise men, they're not men of integrity. That was the opposite of Daniel. He rose to the top of the food chain yep. because he had integrity and God revealed what the others couldn't possibly hear. So these are not people who typically are truly wise in the New Testament sense. Mm-hmm. I agree, yeah. In the, uh, having character of wisdom. They're astrologers, as you've said before, magicians. They play with things. They play with stargazing. But these were different. Yeah. There's something about them. Something happened. And we, we conjectured last time that they must have had a revelation from God. God everybody, himself must have come to them. Everybody didn't come. There, yeah. there are a lot of wise men. Yeah. They could all come as a group. But there were a few that God spoke to. They were listening. It's a marvelous story. They were open to the revelation of this mighty act of God bringing his son to earth. This is the incarnation that they're coming for. And I think they they somehow sense, and I think it was through revelation, how big of a deal this was. Enough to defect from their own kingdom, their own God emperor, their own religion, their own job, status in society. They defected from everything. That may have been the end. That has to, that's a work of faith. Yes. It had to have come from revelation because faith is a gift from God. We don't manufacture faith. We don't come up. Faith isn't the end of an algorithm that we've done ourselves. Faith is a gift from God. They had to have received a revelation from God. As I said last week, if with all your heart, you truly seek me, God is not looking for the curious. He is looking for the seekers. And if you, with all your heart, you seek me, you shall surely find me. That goes for wise men, astrologers, a thousand miles away. Yeah. Amazing. Really amazing. And so they come. So these are the people who, as you read the story as a first century Jew, this is the least likely person. It's like, it's like if, if this story were made up, which is not, you, you would sit around thinking, all right, all right, let's have, a, let's have an unlikely person come and visit Jesus. Who would be the least likely person on earth? Um, ISIS? Yeah. ISIS. Nineveh. You've compared Nineveh to ISIS in the past. Um, we're talking ancient Nineveh, obviously. Um, I would say Herod, probably the least likely, mm. actually. Unfortunately, he's not the one in the story who does worship Jesus. But certainly one of the least likely beings in all creation to come worship Jesus would be the wise men. Mm-hmm. Least likely. As they're reading this story, first century Jews are like, wow, they, they are blown away. I guarantee you they are blown away by this. Even, even the wise men are coming to worship Because him. they are not known to be men of integrity. No, certainly not known to be men of Yahweh, not known to risk everything for him. And now juxtapose that to verse four. So I'm going to read this passage again, since you might be listening in your car and not following along in the scriptures. This is Matthew chapter two, verse one. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come 
to worship him. Mm-hmm. Very specific phrase there, worship him. Mm-hmm. Not pay, not just pay homage to, although it does say that, but it, it means, the meaning is, is weightier than that. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Why was Herod troubled? This, this is the gospel, folks. This is the good news. Behold, the king has been born to you. Behold, that which was prophesied from days of old. Behold, the Messiah has come. Behold, Christ is here. The incarnation, Emmanuel. That is not troubling news, is it? That is the good news. That's literally the good news. It's the greatest news ever. Mm-hmm. Herod is troubled by it. Hint. <laughs> yes. Hint, hint. So assembling the ch- all the chief priests says all. So that's the, oh, that's the whole deal. Okay. We got the whole Sanhedrin up in here. Assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people. He inquired of them. That's approximately 70. If you get yeah. the whole group, 70 folks plus scribes. So you got all the professionals as well. All, all the uh, scholars, the lawyers. Yep. The lawyers, everybody to acquire of them where the Christ was to be born. So again, he's, he's interpreting this correctly. Yeah. He realizes that this is the quote unquote gospel. The Christ has been born, or at least these guys say he has. And again, he's troubled by this. That should trouble the reader. (laughs) It should trouble us today. Um, Then there's a pause. I think you suggested there was a pause between verse four and five while they looked this up and came to a conclusion. I think that's probably true. I think someone probably knew right away. Well, there's, you know, the stars and numbers and uh, Bethlehem's the city in, in, in Malachi, but, or in Micah. Given what we know of this bunch, they deliberated for a long time because they really like to argue and they really like, and this is the king and he is, pardon my French, pissed. Mm-hmm. This says the word troubled. Again, when Herod the Great was troubled, people died. He was not a good guy to be around when he's quote unquote troubled. So the, the, the priests and scribes are concerned <laughs> at this yes, point yeah. for their own safety, because I think he summoned them to the palace because this would be like Herod. OK, I'm thinking like a person, an evil, maniacal person of power. You bring everybody and you, quote unquote, host them, which makes it easier for you to slaughter them. And they would know that. And so that's what I see in my mind in this little play that's happening. It, it might not have happened that way, but I think it was. Herod didn't go to people. People came to Herod. That's how it worked. So he brought... Everybody together. I think they're all staying at the palace. I think they're all a little concerned for their own safety. And so they come up with this. And wondering, we got to come up with a good answer. We, we got to come up with a good answer. Yeah. Okay. And so, and of course they're, they're accurate. They, they know the scriptures and they told them Bethlehem of Judea for it is written and they quote Micah 5 two. They tell the, they tell the Magi, this is where he's supposed to be. Verse seven. And let's read it. Yeah, and, read it. And you, O Bethlehem in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Bethlehem, by the way, is five miles or so from Jerusalem. It, it's Almost a, a suburb. Walk. It's almost a suburb. Yeah. Hill country. So then Herod summoned the wise men, and notice it says secretly. Secretly. He's not He's not letting them in on it. Now the religious people aren't in on that, it sounds, yes. I, I would guess. Uh-huh. Summoned them alone and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. He is really nervous. Yep. And Herod the Great is very intelligent, okay? Mm-hmm. This is all calculated. So he has he has all the rulers come in. He finds out where 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 the baby was gonna, supposed to be born, the Christ, and then he summoned the wise men secretly, 
He didn't want any of the leaders to see him talking to the wise men afterwards. Why? Well, we're about to find out he's got some clandestine military operation in mind that he doesn't want anybody to know about. Mm -hmm. So he summoned them secretly, and then he does a little extra research. And I don't think the wise men understood at this point what was happening, but he ascertained from them when the star had appeared. So he is looking for a time frame. Mm -hmm. He's looking for a time frame. And we don't know what they told him. They might have said 18 months and he's like, okay, let's make it two years just to be safe. You know, we don't know. But he comes up with the time two years when he tells the thugs to go and deal with them. And so that as we read this story, again, first century eyes, the wise men now go to Bethlehem to worship Jesus. The scribes, the chief priests, Herod, do not. I mean, like you said, how, how far away is uh, Bethlehem, Paul? Five miles. Five miles. And the wise men have come 600 miles, 900 miles, 1,000 miles. We're not exactly sure how far, but really, really far. I mean, had to be at least 12 months journey. The least expected, the ones you do not expect to come worship Jesus, they travel forever to get there. The ones that you you, you think absolutely have, the, the Messiah has been born. Who before the chief priests would go worship him. They should be the first in line. They should be absolutely running to Bethlehem. As far as we know, not a single one of them goes. Mm -hmm. What is up with that? Yeah. That is that is just so crazy to me. And I think that's what we're supposed to get out of this story is those who you would expect to worship God, to worship the Messiah, rejected him. They didn't even bother to walk five miles. Because it's not like they all went down to, to Bethlehem, looked at him, and then said, mm, nah, we don't think you're the guy. They didn't even do that. They couldn't even be bothered to hop on a donkey for a couple hours. I mean, that is, that is just as astounding, actually, to me as the wise men coming. And that's the two opposites. Uh, I said last yeah. week, we marvel. Jesus marveled at great faith and the lack of it. It's worth marveling at their lack of faith as yeah. it is worth marveling with these Gentiles coming and worshiping, falling down to a child who yep. was prophesied to be the Jewish king. That makes very little sense, humanly speaking. Yeah. So unless you've had revelation from the king of kings, you wouldn't do it. So. Right. And my, my only explanation for why they didn't go is racism. I think they're like, well, these wise men, quote unquote, don't know what they're talking about. They're not even Jewish. So they say they saw a star. They probably didn't see a star. They say this is the answer to the prophecy about the Messiah. Nah, I doubt it. I think these guys are so prideful that they and prideful and racist together makes for a really bad recipe. Yeah. Most wars in history, for example, mm -hmm. come exactly from that recipe. And there's a war right now between Rome and the Parthian Empire. So like, these are enemies. We don't trust these guys. There's a billion reasons why we don't like them. And so they come, they want to hear about the Messiah. I think the priests and scribes are like, well, great king, th this, is, this is where the Messiah will be born. But these guys, they don't know, when, they don't know nothing. They don't know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. We would be the ones to know. Mm -hmm. If the Messiah was born, we would know about it. Mm -hmm. Because we are the great ones. We are the chosen priests. We are God's people. We, 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 we. I think they were so prideful that they just did not believe this could possibly be true because it didn't come from them. Mm -hmm. It's not real revival unless it starts in our church. Yeah. Or if it starts in our denomination, then we'll believe it. Otherwise, it's false. We haven't changed much <laughs> in the last mm -hmm. 2,000 years, I dare say. So... I think racism keeps them from even considering the possibility this is true. That's the only explanation I can give as to why they wouldn't at least check it out. At least send, send a, 
plebe. Yeah. Send a peon. Hey, can you guys who are scribes in training, the Padawans, you go and check it out and just see what this is all about so that we can at least say, yeah, we heard about that. It's false later. They don't even do that to our knowledge. Mm-hmm. They don't do anything. So I think they just completely disregarded these guys because they're Middle Eastern. We don't like them. Persians are nasty. We don't like those guys. We still haven't forgiven them for several hundred years ago <laughs> when, yeah. when they kept us in slave, slavery. Not that slavery is not something that would take a while to get over, but I think that's what's happening here probably. I'm um, with you. But Herod believes them, or at least he is terrified enough by the possibility that it's true that he wants to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the real supervillain of the story. You expect that the wise men are the villains because they're wise men. Turns out the wise men are the only good guys in this story. The supervillain is the king of the Jews, Herod. And people didn't like Herod already. So those reading this, they were reading this after Herod the Great was dead. Um, Herod the Great's son, Herod Antipas, was now the king. But people ha- hated Herod the Great. And so I think they could probably believe, believe his role as supervillain. I think they found that plausible, probably. So he summoned the wise men secretly, again, this is clandestine, to ascertain the time when the star had appeared and sent them to Jerusalem saying, go what? and search. Sent them to Bethlehem. Oh, sorry, sent them to Bethlehem. Thank you. Saying, go and search diligently for the child. We hear the word child two times in this paragraph. As it's opposed not a, to not infant. An infant. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. So he is doing this in secret, which is deceptive, and he's also actively deceiving the wise men. He's saying, find him, mm-hmm. and then tell me, because I want to go worship him too. So he, Herod could tell these guys were genuine about their desire to worship the Christ child. Mm-hmm. So they, they were sincere, and this is why they came, and this is what they wanted to do. And so he's like, oh, I'm one of you. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an adorer as well. But I'm the king. I can't just go walking around house to house in Bethlehem, because how would that look, right? Um, I don't want to cause problems for the, for the family and that sort of thing. So you guys figure it out. You tell me, and then I'll go. Then I'll come. I like this next phrase. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, there's that second behold, behold, the star that they had seen when it rose Mm -hmm. went before them. Now they're back on track. So I think they might have gotten off track when they went to Jerusalem, assuming that that's the city of the great king. That's where he'll be born for sure. Then God was not leading them. They had they were on their own, but then they got back on track when they rose until it came to rest over the place where the child was. That's a miracle that mm-hmm. a star could shine down on a place. A star that's five million miles away is, is shining down on them. And stars don't stop either. <laughs> yeah. It says it stopped. Mm. It traveled and stopped. Mm. over the place where he laid. So that's that's against the laws of nature as well. And it says star. I, I don't know if it was a star in the sense of we talk about a star. It could have been some other celestial body. Sure. Could have been an angel. Um, I have no problem with, with any of those um, explanations. Personally, I don't know. But um, they saw it as a star. Mm-hmm. With their, their stargazing ability and technology, which wasn't that great back then. It was clearly something sent from God. It was a supernatural thing. So whether it was a star, as we think of stars, or it was an angel or some other, you know, heavenly version of a satellite, that I don't care. I don't either because the scientific aspect of it doesn't bother me one way or another. And I have scientific background, but this was clearly a supernatural thing. God could send an angel. He could send a machine. He could send a star and stop it. God can do whatever he wants. He made the stars, so I have no problem with him pausing one for a minute. Other people have problems with that. I just don't. And wise men are following it. Yes, the leaders were not. Herod was not. Yep, wise men who 
came a thousand miles away did. So here's the question for you, Paul. This is going to get timey-wimey. Okay. Did the wise men, are the wise men the ones who responded to this because it was a star and they were astrologers? Or did God make the sign a star so that the wise men would come? Wow. I'm going to go with both and. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I wonder. Mm -hmm. God, obviously, the greatest long-term planner in history, right? Maybe he chose these guys. We think of it as response. They responded to the star, which they did. In our linear view of time, that's what happened. But in God's intentionality, that might not have been the case at all. God might have chosen these guys and said, I want to get these guys here. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make it a star because that's what they're going to see. Yes. Because they'll be looking for that and they'll see a star because mm-hmm. I want them here. Mm-hmm. I like that one a little better personally yeah. um, because that's who God is. God chooses. God's not random. He's very intentional about everything he does. He chooses us. He adopts us, chooses us. I personally think God chose the wise men and sent a star so that they would see it and come. And I think that's what God does for us. God sends us stars. And there's a dance between heaven and earth. And sometimes it almost looks like we're leading the dance. But God God played this dance and they responded. They were in the dance. They responded yes. to what was given to them. Absolutely. And then God kept giving them more. Yep. If in this dance you choose to do your own thing, you just lost. Because God will not become the follower of you. Right. He, he is God. Yeah. And and they showed their true humility. Wise men were not known to be humble. They were the wise guys. They were the ones that, that had the answers for the king. But now you see wise men who are humble, who are without answers, who ask questions to find their way, yeah. who are being led along by a star. That's childlike. That's real faith. They're an example to us. I agree. I think I think it's a great example. Well, let's let's come back next week and continue this conversation. I'm enjoying this, Paul. I am too. This is fun. Hopefully you're enjoying yeah. it too as you listen along. Maybe give you a little more to talk about next Christmas mm-hmm. with your family. All right, see you next week. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.